zehn und sechs Mal. Season. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything, anything else. I guess something that's air-based. Air-based. Bird. <laughs> It's maybe a better word for that. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Another episode of the Bros and Brews podcast. We're here today bringing you the weekly brew number 30. It is Wednesday the 6th of April. A uh, little bit of a change of date for us, recording on a Wednesday now, but look, life is changing as we always say every week, every episode, and this is where we are now. We're on a Wednesday, yay. We're in April, uh, and yeah, uh, it's good to be back after a bit of a break, after the business trip last weekend, um, well, actually not weekend, just gone, weekend before, and we're just here getting back into our r- regular schedule, uh, as you will, of the Weekly Brew, on the Bros and Brews podcast. Uh, and before we kick into anything, we like to start off with a brew. It's in the title, and that is Brewlet. We're on to Brewlet 36. We have been churning through these things. Uh, and it's it's that time. It's that time to crack a beer and see if we can purchase, purchase the same <laughs> beverage. Uh, we have done this 35 times, and... Uh, no success so here we are so what we will do is we will name the style of beer that we are having if that is right we will go in to the company the brewery that has done that and if that succeeds then we will go with the name of that beer uh we have made it two levels before i believe we've done the style of three beer times if, i think i think yeah, three times we've bought the same style of beer and moved on to the brewery but we've never we've never no. made it to the name no we haven't no but here we are brulette 36 on the count of three the style of beer one two three ipa Hazy ipa oh. <laughs> 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 close but no cigar no cigar no hazy on mine no hazy on mine you have a hazy what is I have a hazy what is your hazy a, ipa i have a hazy but it's it's uh sort of slightly out of left field hazy today because my hazy is a non-alcoholic hazy ipa what uh it is garage projects tiny but mighty non-alcoholic beer oh my gosh uh it's the first time i've seen this at Schaefer's, but I've read quite a lot about it. Very mm. highly rated, I think. Read about it in the New Zealand magazine at oh, some point. Yeah, they're always I think pumping it them out. Scored quite highly on. Uh, I think this was the New Zealand. Whoever does that column, like the best non-alcoholic beer last year, or something along those lines. Um, and it's been highly rated in some other categories. So I'm interested to see at three thirty-six on a Wednesday. You know. <laughs> It's labeling itself as this no regrets hazy IPA. You know, does I guess the classic thing would be does it have the same full flavor as a normal yep. hazy IPA would yep. have? Um, yeah, some other thoughts on this that I'll get into afterwards. But tell me about yours, and we'll crack them open, and then I'll I'll chat more once we're supping away. What yeah, have you nice. got? Uh, I have got an IPA from Deep Creek, uh, which we have had before on the show, uh, and it is called 
antivirus. Very, uh, very on topic. Uh, and yeah, I read the back and it, it did did give me a bit of a bit of a chuckle. I'll, I'll quickly read it because it's good. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, this is an inner space battle. Antivirus IPA is a nod to the doctors, nurses, and frontline workers that put their own health and those of their loved ones at risk every day while fighting to keep us all healthy. They are true everyday heroes. Made with love and huge doses of Mosaic, Idaho 7, and Citra hops to uh, inoculate this beer with flavors and aromas of tropical fruit, resinous pine, and citrus over a pale malt base. Disclaimer, this beer will not cure any any of disease or protect your computer from hackers. (laughs) <laughs> just in case you weren't sure just in case this is not the cure for everything um but yeah i i, I purchased it and um um the person did because i only purchased this and the person did have a chuckle <laughs> antivirus yes thank you bye <laughs> yep see ya, see ya. <laughs> um let's crack them open yep Less froth, I wonder. You know, I'm wondering about this uh, yeah. this, this lack of alcohol. Anyway, cheers to you. Cheers. First sip. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm. That's interesting. Right away, it's definitely hazy in flavour, which I know is such a, a non-statement to make, but it has that sort of underlying... Um, I don't know, maybe it's sweetness, fruitiness, but uh, it definitely tastes sort of 10%, and I've only had one sip, sort of 10% more watery. I don't know how mm-hmm. to describe it. I get you. Less sort of uh, intense. Again, just a first sip, and obviously I'm gone in with such like no alcohol, no alcohol expectations, but <laughs> a, a tasty first sip. Um, how, how is yours, uh, your your deep creek uh witty covid virus based beer <laughs> uh yeah it was uh very surprising on first sip um i gotta say initially the uh flavors that were coming through very nice uh and then uh it kind of started to whittle away and kind of taste in my mouth isn't uh isn't that great <laughs> um very strange ride in my mouth i gotta say it went it was very much like a roller coaster it was up and then it was just straight down Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how continuing the sip and having the, having it, you know, around my palate, how it goes for the rest of the can. Um, yeah. but I, yeah, very surprising. Can, once again, I dis- can distinctly now pull out, uh, mosaic hops. Um, yeah, yeah. this is mosaic in it too. So, you know, yeah. it's got that going for it. Mm. Mm. Everyone loves mosaic. Um, what I was, what I was going to say about this was I went to Schaefer's pretty quickly decided on this beer actually, because. I sort of actually recognize the can and it's, it's quite, you know, mm. I don't want to say it's a unique can, but it, it did jump, jump out to me. And what I was thinking about was it says on the, says on the front of the can, non-alcoholic and very clearly says less than 0.5% ABV, uh, contains not more than 0.5% alcohol, alcohol by volume. That's what ABV stands for. Because I think, you can't say that something is zero percent alcohol because it's just not true, like trace elements of stuff. Yeah, I get you. But as I was walking to the checkout, what I pondered was, hmm, is this gonna, is it gonna ping as out al- like an alcoholic beverage? You know, 
do I have to show anyone ID for this? Because it point. specifically says non-alcoholic, right? And you know, if you went and you, I don't know, you bought a bottle of Coke or you bought uh, a non-alcoholic seltzer or whatever, you know, you wouldn't get ID'd for it. So I scanned it and it popped up on the machine. You need ID for verification of this. Uh, excuse me. And it took quite a while for the the person who was otherwise occupied at the time to sort of come over to me. And in my head, I was like, oh, am I going to ask this person, you know, oh, this beer's non-alcoholic, to, you know, have a conversation about ID. But quickly I decided I didn't want to be that person that seemed like I was <laughs> kicking up a sting. Yeah, I was totally, sort of in totally. a rush. And in my head, I was, I was thinking, well, if the machine pings saying you have to check for ID, it's obviously not you know, it's not that person's decision, but I was just curious that something that markets itself as non-alcoholic, it clearly fits a certain requirement of mm. lack of alcohol. Yet you still have to check. And so I went online and I did some research of other foods and drinks that contain alcohol. Cause we sort of know that stuff has trace elements of alcohol. I feel like that's kind of a sort of well-known fact, um, for things that have a similar amount. And, what I found was that burger rolls up to 1.28% ABV. So three times more than this. What? Rye bread is 0.18%. Uh, so, you know, less, but sort of still in the realm. A ripe banana is 0.2% ABV. Very ripe banana is 0.4% ABV. So in my head, I'm thinking, well, if I come here and I buy some bananas, you're not checking me. And yet, it doesn't matter if it's non-alcoholic, a beer is a beer. And I was just thinking about that while I was purchasing this and the whole, you know, want to buy a beer but don't want it to have alcohol in it. Part of the equation. doesn't matter to the supermarkets. <laughs> you're getting pissed. So that was my little thing that I thought I would I would add on. Um, you still have to have an ID to buy a non-alcoholic beer, which is kind of an interesting gray area, I thought. Yeah, look, that is, that's the fact of the day right there. That's uh, that's very interesting. I mean, it would be pretty funny if you just were grabbing a pack of, you know, a bundle of ripe bananas and all of a sudden they were like, ah, oh, sorry, I have to check your ID. <laughs> Let me count uh, the spots on that banana. Yay. <laughs> is that ripe or is that very ripe? <laughs> that's a crack up, gosh. Um, anyway, bro. As we sip into our beers and we get on, how are you? How you been? Good. I'm good, thank you. I'm, um, yeah, got to say the uh, the day change. I mean, we've been a bit all over the place with our recordings anyway, in terms of days we've been doing it, but the, uh, the Thursday to Wednesday change comes on account of me trying to sort of re-change my weekly timetabling and shift some things around. Um, so thank you for, for, the, for the change. Uh, well, but yeah, generally, generally pretty good. Kind of getting back into the flow of work. Sort of feels in the last few days that we've kind of got over a, a hump um, with a few different things. Matt and I are now officially in the line learning stage of the show, ooh. which is kind of a whole, whole different stage. You know, we've made all the decision making about the the pieces and the extracts and who's doing what and now we're in pure line learning which sort of at the start was a bit intimidating when i counted up all the words and was like yeah cool <laughs> that's four thousand words that we need to need to learn but i've i've got through some paragraphs in the last few days nice i've got to say one of the the silver linings of the pandemic for me and the association with the pandemic specifically with wearing masks has been that 
What I love about mask wearing is that you can just learn lines, just say lines out loud, and there's no, I don't know, judgment. People don't look at you as if you're talking to yourself. Not that, you know, that's, feel free to talk to yourself. Some people do, that's fine. Um, I'm not ashamed to say that I might be slightly embarrassed if I talk to myself in public without a mask on. But yeah, I was just at work today, just saying my lines out loud. No one sees my mouth moving. It's speeding no up the No one's process. the wiser. No one's the wiser. <laughs> so that's going on. Um, what else? What else is happening? Uh, went and, and played basketball at the, uh, the Calvin Vic rec gym for the first time in like four months on Sunday nice. that was really nice to kind of get back into get that mm-hmm. uh, for Joa seasons here we kind of remembered coming back from the the business trip that was full of business that um that there was you know there's a Fajoa tree in our back garden we kind of forgot and I went and collected not exaggerating close to a hundred Fijoas oh on God. the ground around the tree so we sort of slowly trying to work our way through that many I anticipate making a Fijo chutney at some point yeah so. I was going to say make something out um, of that yeah but but yeah it's just sort of little bits and pieces but I think at the moment everything feels a bit quiet and still because the mm. the, the two weeks sort of leading up to now have been really busy and not least the sort of trip to Auckland that was a big part of it but in and around that lots of stuff going on from a, a professional career acting sort of standpoint some of which I'll, I'll touch on some of which that I won't Matt is, is very in the know with these things as he always is but <laughs> he will politely pretend that he knows nothing for the sake of sort of being a captive audience but of course yeah it's been a it's, I mean it's been more than a couple of weeks of change for me in terms of professional uh ongoings um i can sort of announce on the podcast that i'm with a new agency now different than the one that i used to be with very good gasp thank Um, you i'll cast you as as gasper number one gasp number one gasp number one um (laughs) but yeah i've changed agencies i'm with a different agency now um for sort of reasons that i probably won't go into all i would say is that it's nice to i mean that makes it whenever you say that it sounds really really dramatic but (laughs) you know it's sort of a balance of of continuing this narrative of our careers and how they unfold but yeah I'm, i'm with a new agency and i think all that really matters is i'm really really stoked to be with the new agency um gail cowan management i will say that gcm um yeah i'm just really stoked to to sort of be with a new group of people and have a new energy and i feel a real sense of warmth from them and it's nice at this kind of stage of things to have uh a new excitement to be working with a new group of people um there was there was stuff intertwined with being up in auckland and trying to get this meeting happen happening at a really sort of short notice and lots of emailing back and forth on the last few days getting up my profile set up and all that sort of stuff is kind of a whole thing which is all good exciting stuff but definitely kind of draining and that's dropped off now which is you know, it's nice to sort of feel that the waters are a little bit still, but um, sort of wrapped in that whole process of, of forming this new relationship, I, I had an audition a couple of weeks ago. Again, won't go into any specifics of it, but really the moral of the story is that uh, it's the first time that I've I very specifically got very close to getting a role uh, and not getting it, which was obviously disappointing. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been auditions in the last few years where I've known that I've been shortlisted or got a callback or known that I've been closed because you get some kind of um, indication from your agent mm. or mm. even just gut feeling of how something went. But yeah, this is the first time getting sort of being being in the last couple of a couple of people 100% for a role and being told that that was the case and ultimately not getting it. So yeah, that, that's been something that I've kind of had to process over the last few weeks and has been a new, I don't know, learning situation from this, this constant career of rejection, Matthew, that we've, <laughs> that we've placed <laughs> ourselves know, firmly on. But Why are we doing this? Yeah, it's been a... Um, it's been a busy couple of weeks in terms of change and the prospect of opportunity and then actually the relationship between that audition not going the way I wanted it to mm. but forming this new relationship with a new agency went really well. So yeah, this last week has felt kind of like a getting back to normal after two weeks of, of crazy that was sort of all going on around while I was while I was in Auckland. So I, I uh, emphasize again, it was a business trip. Um, <laughs> that's sort of a, a bit of me. I know there's a bit of crossover in between sort of my last few weeks and your last few weeks, but in general, how have you been? Any fruit trees providing things, you know, any <laughs> basketball games, or I guess you do live your own life and have other things going on. Yeah, but, true. But how are you generally? Yeah, good, man. I'm good. Um, I've been, like, I got to admit, like, past few days I've kind of been, well, I wouldn't say the past week, maybe, like, over the week or so, there's been a few days where I've been in a very much, like, felt like I've been in a slump. I really haven't had the, like, motivation to do things and and streaming and stuff. Like like I said before, like, if I don't want to push myself to stream and I go to, I sit there on my couch and I'm about to play and I'm like, Nah, I just can't, I can't do this. So kind of just been listening to my, you know, listening to my body and brain. And it's been very weird, very strange vibes. Um, but it hasn't been that the whole, you know, the whole two weeks. Uh, uh, on Monday, um, I had, Monday? Was it Tuesday? Last week at some point, I, <laughs> I had an audition. Uh for something and it went very well uh, and then probably what two days later I got an email saying that I had a recall so the next day I went in for a recall and that went very well and I was really happy with that uh, and then a day later I found out that I had been shortlisted uh, and it is now the new week and it's Wednesday and I still haven't heard anything uh, so it's the, and it's the, like, I haven't heard anything in the sense of, no, you, you don't have it. Um, but the longer it goes on, the more it's going to turn into that. Um, so that's been my last week with that. Acting uh, is a real, like opposite of the phrase, no news is good news. It's not the yeah, case. Totally. No news. <laughs> no news is bad news. True. So true. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's funny. The last like three things I've auditioned for now, I've been shortlisted, uh, but haven't quite got there. But I haven't got the no with this one yet, so we're still manifesting. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, and yeah, over the weekend, had a very big weekend. Uh, Morgan herself had quite a lot of things going on, uh, so it was quite a full weekend for her. Uh, Saturday night, we went had uh, had a party. We had a birthday slash 
work leaving do so you know it was their friends and work people and obviously I'm friend and work person so it was you know kind of an eclectic group of people but it was kind of nice to be out uh with Morgan as well at an event like you know in front of friends and things like that it was it was very cute you know we had a few people come up to us both individually and say like you know you and Morgan like look great like you guys look really happy um and it's odd hearing that because it's kind of like uh yeah like yeah we are <laughs> yeah we are happy uh, good observation thank you uh <laughs> um and we we did get home and we talked about this both like oh yeah this person said this to me oh this person said this to me and kind of you know it's it's nice for us to kind of clock that and and know that uh energy and vibe uh as a relationship in itself out into the world is is a happy one um we're obviously feeling that uh, inside our doors and outside our doors which is really nice uh and to kind of continue with that happiness of that saturday night we were but we were a little hungover we went crazy we were a little hungover but on sunday we had a a, a frantic not a frantic i say frantic because we were we were chasing the sun uh but we drove all the way down to raglan on sunday a two-hour drive uh to get some uh photos done some family photos done. oh yes yeah so morgan um her parents her sister and then myself and morgan's uh sister Tyrion's partner uh boyfriend nick uh so it was it, 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 we were joking about it before going hand because obviously you know you know two boyfriends coming along to family photos you know professional family photos like okay well you know we'll make sure we get some photos where you guys aren't in it like (laughs) i I was joking about that more than anything uh (laughs) but it's funny you you do you you kind of realizing you're getting these family photos and it's like yeah well i mean this is like this is a commitment like this is this is this is immortalized and very professional family photos um so on the outside you two yeah so it's an easy crop no honestly we were on the outside every single time it's just the way that it worked it was the you know the two daughters parents in the middle two daughters and then us on the outside um like i said we weren't in every photo so they had their own family photos and we had couple photos sister photos parent photos um but i gotta say it was really lovely i love raglan raglan was one of my favorite beaches to go to obviously growing up in the waikato uh it was either go to the mount or go to raglan and i always love going to raglan i just think it's so beautiful out there so yeah we arrive up park up photographers there and yeah we just get straight into it and we had you know we like i said we were chasing the sun so we had these beautiful sunset photos uh, on the beach of Raglan. Um, and it was very fun. Like it was, we're all a very loud, eclectic bunch in itself. So it was very easy for her to tell us what to do. And we were just cracking up laughing and smiling and being nuisances. She was like, this is so much fun. This is great. You get some families and it's just so hard. It's like, you know, trying to direct the planks of wood around a beach. Uh, and it was funny at one point she was like, uh, and, um, uh, any of us, um, married, engaged? And we all chuckled and laughed and we're like, your parents? Yes. We, I mean, we're married. Yes. And boyfriends, no boyfriends. She's like, okay, cool. We'll put you on the outside, crop you out if we need to. 
so it was right. it, it, it was it was really funny and then we ended with fish and chips on the wharf found this Cute. lovely fish and chips place which is really nice um so yeah it was a very it was a very kind of fulfilling weekend in the sense of uh family socializing friend socializing just very heartwarming all-round weekend um so yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much where i've where i've been at and and my streaming last night i was up very late uh streaming um which was a bit naughty, but I made friends, which is nice. And that's one of the great things about streaming and, and playing games and stuff is that you do, you meet some really cool people and you form a friendship and it's like, cool, we'll play again sometime. So mm. that's, that's been fulfilling in itself as well as, is, is making new friends while gaming. Um, so yeah, that's been me over the last week and a little bit. I am, I am well, but like I said, my body has been kind of fighting me for activity, which has been a bit yeah. strange. Yeah, yeah, I feel that, and I'm sure there's a certain element of the, I don't know what the right body chemicals words are. You know, when you when you have an audition go well, and you get that flood of, I'm going to call it adrenaline, even though I know it's probably not that, in a positive fashion, then that eventually dissipates over mm. a certain period of time if it doesn't eventuate and kind of getting getting the job. So it's it's that sort of natural regression to the mean which even though it might be your normal state in comparison to something else might be yeah seem seem like less than less than normal but yeah that's super cute i i knew that the the, you know the photos had been planned when i was in auckland but i completely completely forgot about it because you know that's an interesting experience (laughs) to like i've done family photos with mum and dad my sister Catherine probably coming up 10 years ago you know like i look at the photos now and i think oh i look way younger now whereas there were a decent number of years where i was like oh yeah i still still look still look like that, still like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 not the case anymore um but doing that with someone else's family is a whole new level of of you know where do i fit into this this familial jigsaw yeah, puzzle but it's exactly. probably nice i mean i don't know how long terry and nick have been together but at least it wasn't a 20 person family and you're the one boyfriend you know it was a, a more sort of evened out spread yes. of of other people true i wasn't i wasn't by myself uh, yeah. in in that endeavor uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, look no, you was. were you were AWOL as far as i was concerned i was trying to get hold of my uh, yes excuse me get back to your producer nothing so you were clearly <laughs> taking it all in and not being on your phone because of feeling awkward in this situation so that's a good thing <laughs> thank you thank you thank you thank you uh oh what interesting lives we live right so well, i hope so otherwise this was yeah well this podcast show. <laughs> what are you doing here uh anyway <laughs> i have a question for you yes it is please a, it is once again a very random question it's a I random like question that, um it kind of ties in with uh one of the movies that I uh, have watched in the past, I would say two weeks, because we didn't really mm-hmm. talk about movies last week. Um, and yeah, I, I'll, 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 I'll tell you why it ties in with that. Basically, my question to you is, if you could have, if you could have any animal as a pet, which one would you choose? 
And I'm talking any animal. I'm talking like exotic, wild, domestic, in the sea, in the air, in the fields, in the sand. Any animal. If you, if there were, if is, if is there a desire that you have to just have an animal as a pet? And I mean, you can think of this like practically, like practically, could I? You have know, this? I'm going to ask you questions about your question. <laughs> yes. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it could be uh, like how practical. Uh, what could you actually have this animal as a pet? Uh, you know, living conditions, things like that. I guess if if you could have an animal and you feel like you could really make it work as a pet, what would you have? Um, well, I think you kind of have to remove. I remove anything traditionally domestic because. I can probably <laughs> true. You know, I know that's, I guess, sort of a privileged statement. Not that I'm going to go out and buy a dog. I don't have the time, all the money, all the, yeah, the amount yeah, of yeah. Know, ability to to care for it and look after it. But anything in the sort of generally domestic, I feel like, is not really the vibe of the question. My question to your question was naturally going to be that you know, do they come pre-packaged? and willing to be a pet or am I kind of you know having to do all that work work myself but from what I'm taking about your your previous statement was the sort of anything is possible if you make it so type magical realism exactly um like a familiar does it have to be probably final question I won't say final question does it have to be something that I can have access to in New Zealand. Oh, I get you. Because I know that the, people would raise any kind of question about like, why do you have a giraffe in your back garden? You know, there's all sorts of captivity as this responsible elements that we're removing from what is otherwise yes. a fun question. But of course. having to import something feels feels bad. So I guess rather than you having to answer that, I'm going to say anything that I don't have access to in New Zealand, I'm not going to include. Um, I think if I was going to go about this, you would want something that you can form some kind of relationship with. So probably an animal that we know is as upwards in the sort of intelligence spectrum i would think you know something that you know it's not going to talk to you or have a telepathic link but you want something that will recognize you and form a relationship over time um i'm just trying to think what sort of intelligent animals there are out there i mean a dolphin is a good answer because you sort of you see them they do the laugh thing you maybe swim around with it a little bit and then you say <laughs> bye see you in six months see you soon um yeah i'm trying to think of anything anything else i guess something that's air-based air-based bird it's <laughs> maybe a better word for that might be in, might be interesting because you kind of get the whole set it free you know it's it's uh its vision of the world is slightly different. I don't know. Does Harry Potter tell us that owls are good companion pets? How much of that is based on mm. sort of really? Actually, he- here is my answer. Okay. I would want a bird capable of delivering messages because that would be a <laughs> practical thing. It doesn't have to be an owl. Like If you're yeah. going to say, here's a pigeon, 
you know carrier pitches that sort of thing because that is something that can practically be learnt has a a use like imagine if i had something that could just fly something to an Auckland that would be like yeah, that would be, be cool. even you can't communicate with the animal itself but there's sort of there's some relationship so I'm going to loosely answer owl and or any bird capable of learning to to take messages how I will train them to know where you live I'm not sure but um that's my long-winded answer how about nice. you and your nice. watching of doc to do little no damn <laughs> <laughs> nice though i like how you tried to deduce that um uh, yeah my i mean look it's always so funny whenever i pose these questions to you because you do like to ask questions and then it makes me really think about my answer because i didn't think about it like that um uh disclaimer captivity not good uh, everyone, I, I, this is a, this is a fact. I don't like zoos. Um, I remember growing up, I used to go to zoos all the times and things like that. And sweet. As I got older, I was kind of like, I don't really get the idea of zoos. I understand them. Don't get me wrong. It's about, uh, preservation and, and, you know, looking after these things and giving, you know, getting them out of, uh, captivity or dangerous situations and bringing them up to health so you can put them back out. Like I get that. It's just the commercialization of it. I understand that it's not free to do all of these things. People pay to go in, have a look. That money goes back to the zoo to help the animals. I get it. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm just not, I'm just not all about zoos and things like that. Anyway, I, I digress. Uh, your, in terms of your captivity uh, thing it's really good but I'm still going to go with my answer because yeah I, yeah don't let me I, I mean these are just of course, elements of course. that I impose like there's different levels of realism that you have to push push through yes, to, of, yes. and also like you know the whole dolphin things <laughs> most of them aren't in captivity if yes, you know, you know what I mean like just totally, because totally. I'm saying Oh, you're sourcing a, a big cat or said giraffe. Yeah, yeah. I guess you could go to Africa and befriend it there and you don't have to come from captivity, right? I was just just True. pondering these elements. But no, but I get but you. Don't let me push push you off your okay, original nice. answer. Okay, lovely, thank you. Uh I I basically just picture in my big mansion one day, my big house. I mean it could work here anyway. But just big open space or whatever of a house right right, right. just this just this little 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 guy just climbing around all over the place just doing their thing and there's two animals that i would i would either either go between because i love both of them um the first one being a lemur and the second one a red panda i love red pandas i think they're the cutest things in the world just crazy little red fluff balls of just fun and excitement they're like they're like land otters i mean otters are still land i get that i understand that but but they're fluffier you know i just really like red pandas and lemurs as well i love their tails i love what they do they're like they're like monkeys but not quite monkeys but they are monkeys red pandas are pandas but red and fluffy and smaller very cute and i just love to have these little furry things just climbing all over my house and just being a nuisance just 
but not like not big enough or scary enough to you know really do some damage on me if they wanted to uh more of just a climbing fuzzball cuddle ball that's uh that's my answer well to be honest i mean with your preface i was expecting something a little more down the big cat line um because not that i thought you would answer that but i think on the spectrum of what is responsible non-domestic animal ownership spectrum uh a phrase that I will now be putting on t-shirts. Um, <laughs> I mean, monkeys and I guess as a red panda, a primate. I was never very good with the whole what's a mammal, what's a... Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of so. know what a reptile is, but, you know, the ones that exist in those sort of different spaces. You Google that while I'm on. I am, I am. Um, I feel like they are down the end of the spectrum where... While you don't want them to be caged in, you could probably provide most of what they need in terms of nourishment, physical and mental exercise in your massive mansion with climbing spaces. And so I don't think that is a is necessarily a terrible answer from a responsibility perspective. I mean, we know celebrities and non-celebrities that have owned monkeys in the past. Um Putting nappies on them always seems a bit weird. Um, <laughs> True, that's a good point. But yeah, I, I mean, there's a. I feel like there's a difference between those two animals as your answer and the sort of keep a lion in a cage and your oh, backyard yeah, nah. type yeah. situation. Nah, 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 nah. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. Have you um, successfully found your red panda answer? Yeah, I'm just trying to figure. I mean, I know it's on a monkey. It's a red panda, also known as the lesser panda, poor things, is a small mammal native to the eastern Himalayas in southwestern China. Um, What's that? It's a, a, a mammal was really the word that I was... Yeah, Alloridaea is the, like, family mm, Alloridaea. Mm. I have no idea what that is. Um, no. Probably most related... Probably most closely related to skunks, raccoons, and weasels. Yeah, it's I mean... It's in that sort of, kind of mammal family. They sort of operate around humanity with ease. Um, <laughs> yes. But what what brought about this question? You said that there was something that drove you to ask. Yes, yes. It kind of... It, I, I mean, the question leads into what are you watching, really, in the next segment. Um, and uh, over the past two weeks or so, I watched the new um, Disney movie, Turning Red. Oh, yes. I know what you're yes. talking about. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, Turning Red, Disney, um, basically about uh, a uh, Chinese family uh, and their very, you know, close, uh, closely brought up family tradition uh, of red pandas. Uh, and yeah, it's basically about this, uh, young girl, uh, within this family and her kind of duty and purpose in life and things like that and coming of age kind of thing. Um, how this family, uh, has a curse of, um, at a certain point, uh, in the woman's lives of the family, they turn into a red panda. Uh, and it's very funny. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the like kind of style of the movie, the animation in itself. Obviously, I mean it's you know Disney 
Disney, <laughs> Disney animated movie, um, but just the kind of the styling of it in terms of the dialogue and the editing and and you know things like that. I I really enjoyed that side of it. Um, but yeah, I also really enjoyed the the um, family and the representation um, behind behind the movie and turning red. Um, and it just it, it, you know as I mean, non-spoiler. I mean, it's some of it's pretty terrifying, but I love Red Pandas, uh, and I really enjoyed the movie because it just made me confirm my love for Red Pandas. I uh, want one. Yeah, I want one now, please. Um, so yeah, that's where that question kind of stemmed from because I, I have had Red Pandas in my mind for the past week or two, um, and I would like to have one. For well, myself. <laughs> they've succeeded in their sort of Disney infiltration of your brain if you're thinking about it that much. So yes. you have you've been had, sir. True. <laughs> Dang it. Dang you, Disney. I mean, it's also not the only Disney thing that I've been watching this week. I'll contend, continue on with what yeah, I've been please watching. Please con- continue. Um, other Disney uh, that has was released last week, and I'm always going on about it. I might have already mentioned that it was coming out, but it is finally out. Uh, and that is Disney Plus's new Marvel TV series, Moon Knight. Uh, Moon Knight is headed by Oscar Isaac. Mm. Um, for quick uh, Oscar Isaacs in uh, June Poe Dameron uh, in Star Wars um, gosh many other things Ex Machina yes Ex Machina yes um, oh god that's a good movie um, yeah Oscar Isaac uh, uh, there was a you know few things coming out like before it came out about his like training and things like that and coming into it um, but Anyway, Moon Knight is basically a story about a man who has uh, DID, uh, which is dissociative. Dissociative. Oh, oh, gosh, I forgot the word. Um, I got to find it because I, I think, I think uh, DID is so such a fascinating. Um, sorry not fascinating but you know a, a disorder that i didn't know a lot about mm. and you know people that obviously uh, have it in in everyday life um it's a disassociative identity disorder um not to be confused with schizophrenia um but yeah did is basically people that have split personalities um they have different um identities that will take control or take over their body uh and mind um i guess kind of in the same sense of have you seen split um james mcavoy oh so good i mean that character in that movie um a person with did that has about seven or eight different identities and is absolutely a, a, a wacky wacky film a little series that they did um but yeah so basically this character in moon knight has did um and it kind of comes along with uh them being consumed or have the ability of an egyptian god called Konshu. Um, who basically one of the DID, the identity, the original Mark uh, was, this is all backstory, by the way, it's not actually in the first episode or anything. Uh, it's all comic book stuff. 
was in Egypt, uh, got extremely hurt, almost died. And this Egyptian god was like, you can live, but you will do my bidding for me. Uh, and got uh, these abilities of these Egyptian god called Khonshu. Uh, and it un- gave uh, this character all of a sudden uh, DID and had all of these different split personalities. Um, the superhero persona of himself, Moon Knight, also has split personalities. Um, there's like Mr. Knight, Moon Knight, Konshu himself. Um, but basically what I'm trying to get at is this this series, Moon Knight, and what Oscar Isaac has been able to do. And there's only one episode, the second episode's out tonight, which I will watch later, um, is amazing. His talent to kind of, you know, get behind these different characters and obviously, you know, playing split identities. Uh, and Marvel and themselves creating a TV show that is unlike uh, any of the other ones. And I said this about WandaVision when WandaVision came out. Moon Knight is unlike anything that we've seen before in the MCU. And I think they've done a really good job. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the series goes. Um, Sorry about my Marvel rant. I always rant about Marvel. I'm very sorry. I apologize. Um, But that's Moon Knight. That's Moon Mm. Knight. (laughs) Um, Quickly, just to rattle off my last ones. I've watched uh, season two of Bridgerton. Haven't even watched the first season. But I've seen the second season. I've never seen. I haven't seen any of Bridgerton. Yeah. Not yeah. in a. I don't know. I'd say that's forty percent. This is a this is a train that I'm not going to jump on. Sixty percent. Just haven't got around to yeah. it. You know. Fair enough. Ah, fair enough. I I didn't do the first one. Morgan was watching the second season. I sat in on an episode and I was like, "Dang it! I have to watch the rest of this now." <laughs> and she filled me in on the first season, which was quite fun in itself. So Bridgerton season two, I get it. I get, I get it. I do. Um, it pulled me in, which was very annoying. Uh, and my two last but not least, my things that I just randomly like watching during dinner or having on in the background. Uh, first is, is it cake? Uh, which is pretty much a ripoff of, um, I've seen an Asian TV show where they get a whole bunch of people and they pick an item and they have to bite it and see if it's cake or not. And the aim is to try and guess the cake. Same concept. whole bunch of bakers have to try and fool judges with a whole bunch of other objects. Um, so watch watching that. And my last, but not least, is called Baking Impossible. Another baking show where, cool concept, they pair a baker and an engineer together. And they have to work together and every episode they get set a different task first episode they have to make a cake boat so they actually have to make a boat that is a cake and that can float and go across water they had to make a robot um random things like that very interesting seeing how bakers and engineers kind of put their brains together and do random little tasks um so those are my two random watches in amongst everything else uh i am done i have talked far too much okay i mean it's the whole point of the segment is for you to to rattle off things that you're watching um they all sound great they always do <laughs> thank you that was a, a weighted pause that didn't need to be weighted no that's um, fine no, i'll go straight into what i've been watching i have been watching while making dinner because uh, I quite like to sort of engage with food programming while making dinner to kind of get me excited uh, Anthony Bourdain's uh, sort of first TV series uh, No Reservations mm. he later did I think it's called oh, 
what it's called. I'm going to Google while I talk. Uh, he did a second series later on, but No Reservation, I think, started in like 2005. Um, so Parts Unknown was the second one. Uh, no Reservation, oh, I think yeah. it was like 10 seasons or something, but very, very much the sort of early into the 2000s, going to different countries, different cities, exploring their their cuisines and the the people that inhabit those countries. I mean, Anthony Bourdain was one of the sort of, I want to say one of the early lists. I don't know if that's true, but certainly a pioneer of, of food television. Um, I actually read his book, which was called No Reservations, uh, last year or in 2020, which was kind of the first, that book as a piece of writing was the first thing inside the kind of kitchen. It's not all glitz and glamour. Like you don't want to know all the sort of dirty little secrets of the food industry. But what I like about no reservations is it's far enough back in time that the, the show's a bit gritty Mm. visually. I mean, the quality of the filming is not as high and it's just, I mean, I like food programming now, you know, Somebody Feed Phil is a TV travel TV show that I watch, which all sorts of, you know, 21st century shows. But there's something quite nice about kind of going back almost 20 years and looking at food television then. There's something about it. It just has a different energy. So anyway, I've been really enjoying that. I do recommend it if you're someone that enjoys that kind of food travel programming. And Anthony Bourdain's such a great host um, because he's not pretentious. Like he just is happy to get drunk half the time and makes a lot of jokes with the 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 voiceover um and also anthony bourdain not being not being around alive yeah. anymore it's nice to have something that is such a such a clear representation of who who he was and what he did mm. for the food industry so no reservations i actually started watching parts unknown which i think started 2013 ish and i went you know what i want something 10 years earlier i want it kind of to be older so I've been watching that while making dinner. Uh, my sort of solo evening watching when Fran's not about has been Atlanta. Season three of Atlanta has come out. Oh, yeah. uh, Donald Glover's show about Atlanta, sort of semi-truthful account of his life, fictionalized, but also very weird. I think I've talked about it before. I'm not watching season three. I'm going back and I'm halfway through season one in the hope that by the time I get up to season three, the whole season will be out so I can, so I can binge it. Um, I think I've recommended it before. I definitely recommend it again. Um, the episodes are only like 25 minutes. So I imagine you could probably get through if you were to binge it a season and sort of, you know, th- three nights. It's just, it's really well done. Mm. And it's a, it's mm. a mixture of some of the storylines are very, naturalistic realistic some of them really go into the fantastical um yeah atlanta can't recommend enough especially if you like hip-hop and you like donald glover and all that jazz um but what i am here to talk about semi-briefly um is i had mentioned before i'm not sure whether i did it on last episode or just to you in person but basically i've been working my way around to Watching Spider-Way, 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 Spider-Man, No Way Home. Yes. And the reason I didn't watch it straight, when I say straight away, I mean, there was a time, say um, three weeks ago, where I was like, right, tonight's the night. And I realized that I'd seen the first Tom Holland Spider-Man, Homecoming, is it? Mm -hmm. But I hadn't seen the second one 
far from home. Correct. And I went, okay, so I actually can't, I, I mean, I could have watched No Way Home, but I thought, hmm, I, I'm not actually up to date. So then we sort of, Fran banded, jumped on the bandwagon and we decided we were going to watch them all in the ramp up. And we've watched them in a strange order. We started with Homecoming, then watched Andrew Garfield 1, The Amazing Spider-Man. Then we watched Tobey Maguire 1. I don't know if that was just called Spider-Man. Then we watched Tobey Maguire 2, Tobey Maguire 3. We've most recently watched Amazing Spider-Man 2, Andrew Garfield. And so the next one we watch will be sort of potentially back-to-back the latest two Tom Holland films. Yeah. And it's it's been an interesting reintegration to a character played by three different actors in three sort of different time periods of Spider-Man. Obviously, I know I can't make any final judgments and that's not what today's episode comment is because I haven't seen the last two. Um, I won't make any statements about different actors playing Spider-Man. But I guess my general thoughts would be, thus far, I've enjoyed... Andrew Garfield's these, The Amazing Spider-Man the most. Mm-hmm. If you had to say to me, what's the best Spider-Man film, excluding the last two Tom Holland ones, it would be that, which I was shocked by because I'd never seen, I should say, I had only seen, I hadn't seen any of the Andrew Garfield ones and I think I'd only really seen, definitely seen the first Tobey Maguire one. I'm sure I'd probably yeah. seen the second one before, but. So I'd always thought of Andrew Garfield as being someone that had a sort of short Spider-Man stint in. But for me, that film is the best Spider-Man in a nutshell, two and a half hours. I I enjoyed his portrayal of Spider-Man the most. I was most interested in uh, the sort of love interest. Obviously, you have, if you don't know Spider-Man, some of the comics, it's Gwen Stacy. Some of them, it's Mary Jane. Uh certainly there's different people in the tom holland universe even just through one uh film and i also enjoyed the whole uh parents and uncle ben and aunt may storyline the most so mm. going from that and then watching the toby Maguire film felt a little bit empty i mean there's something about toby Maguire kind of being our first spider-man and again yeah, similar yeah, 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 yeah. similar to the no reservations thing there's sort of an old grit to it that you appreciate but then I mean, what I've really come on here today to say, other than saying that The Amazing Spider-Man is great, the second Tobey Maguire film, uh, which again, I don't know if it's called Spider-Man 2 or whatever, but Doc Ock, as I drop my pen, as I want to make a point, uh, it sort of has this cult following as being like the best Spider-Man film. And it's Rotten Tomatoes. It's 94%. Yeah. And I'm here to say, I hated it. I hated it. I thought it was just an average film. I thought it was just so boring. It was not interesting at all. And then to follow it up with Spider-Man 3, which I will also say, it is weird. It's, it's all over the place. Not not good. It's not good. But you know what? From a pure entertainment standpoint, I think I actually enjoyed 3 the most. Not Boo. the most, more than 2. Boo. Just because it was so weird. Like, it was... <laughs> I was like, all right, they've, they've tried something. It hasn't yeah. worked. Yeah. But I watched it from an interested, like, what is going on here? Mm. Like, there's too many mm. villains, and then there's, like, a dance number halfway through. But from <laughs> a sort of rewatch perspective, I was like, this is kind of funny. Whereas, this for me, the Doc Ock, the second Spider-Man Tobey Maguire film, I just thought it was boring, honestly. And 
Whereas I felt you could go back and watch the first Tobey Maguire film and go, right, this is the origin story. It will never change. It hits certain beats. I really went in with such high expectations and they were not met. So if I had to sort of rank, and then I should also say the second Andrew Garfield film really let down the first and I could understand why maybe that totally. is why that sort of... That's why he... Yeah, see you later. Get it um, But if I had to rank them, I'd probably go... I should also say... Fran hated the first Tom Holland Spider-Man. And I kind of see where she's coming from because it's so in-joke, Marvel Universe, Spider-Man is here, reference other people, 21st century. And I think she had a valid point. You know, she hasn't barely seen any of the Marvel films, so I know it's kind of over her head, but it's so self-referential to this time period that we exist in now that I could understand why going, she felt going back to the previous time periods, they just felt a bit simpler. The kind of the superhero vigilante world was a bit less layered with like, we have smartphones and this and that, which <laughs> I can, I can understand. And as a mediator between her opinion and sort of your, you know, very much a fan of Karamoa, I can understand. But for me, if I had to rank them thus far, it'd be Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man one, Tobey Maguire's, Spider-Man 1 um, I guess maybe I would put Homecoming next but also if you haven't seen Civil um, Avengers you know, what is Civil War the Civil, yeah Civil War film you completely miss how he gets into the universe in the first place which is a glaring mistake because if you just want to come watch the first Tom Holland Spider-Man you got no idea what's going on I know there's the whole like oh, I'm, I'm here and I've got to go like selfie thing I hated that I hated that um <laughs> And then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Toby. Uh, no. Okay, I'll go. And the second Andrew Garfield, just because I th- I felt at least the ending had a certain emotional weight. But then I'm going Toby Maguire Spider Man Three, and right Boo. at the bottom is that stanky Boo. ass, boring <laughs> ass. Doc Ock number two. Um, sorry, we've got no time. You're not allowed to say. Yeah, anything. that's fine. I won't say my opinion. Why don't you? let that stew and then next week we can come on and, and maybe hopefully by next week I will have seen the most recent term we can talk about them all yep. as a whole because I feel like there would be things that maybe opinions that I have that maybe won't stay the same by the time I've seen those there would be responses that you want to make based on information that you have access to that I don't yet mm-hmm. um, but yeah for me the, the, the main thing was that I really enjoyed that first Andrew Garfield film and I was yep. surprised that through pop culture general vibes i wasn't aware that that was a good film i mean i i don't know i, I don't want to say you can't say anything maybe you give me the the headlines of your thoughts so at least we can go away with some understanding <laughs> uh um I absolutely hate your ranking uh <laughs> um uh i totally agree andrew garfield was underrated um it's funny everyone saying they want the third one back and he's like where were you five years ago um and yeah i think tom holland i think as a whole you've got to watch the next two i think to really appreciate that side of it um but i do get the whole those other two universes stand alone away from the mcu tom holland is built within the mcu there's Mm. so many more things going on but i think that's why an outsider of just like Fran won't enjoy it but for me with everything amazing fits in you know like it is good um but anyway we'll get into more of that next time when you see the others um but 
um, just really let it simmer. Toby's Spider Man Two is is not the bottom of the list. Um, no, no, but do you, you don't think it's the you don't think if you had to rank the five non Tom Hollands, is it your number one of those five? Uh, yes, I think the th- wow, really? Yeah, it is. It would be my favorite, and then it would be Andrew Garfield's first, <sighs> and then Toby's first. And then Andrew second, and then Spider Man three would be my least favorite. Oh, it's so traditionalist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, all right, all right. Take a sip uh, of your beer and tell me what you think. <laughs> um, much like uh, the second Tobey Maguire film, I've been underwhelmed. <laughs> uh, that's not nice. a joke. I'm serious. Nice. Um, I don't know if it's because I did come in with really high expectations, but. I think the flavor, if I had to rank, I don't know, like texture and flavor and to try and really figure out why this is lacking. I think the flavor is pretty good. Like say we were to compare this to the benchmark, uh, party and bullshit. Yep. You know, if party and bullshit's a 10, this is probably like a seven. Like the flavor, mm. the flavor is not bad. It, you would definitely drink this and say, this is a hazy. What would make you, if you're blind tasting it, sort of question you'd be like it's a bit thin or it's a bit watery or like texturally you know i don't know if a non-alcoholic beer has something different carbonation wise but it's definitely lacking carbonation it just feels a bit thin um i'm sure if you were to compare this to other non-alcoholic beers it would stand really high up there but i gotta say i'm a little bit disappointed in terms of how highly i thought it would would stack Mm, up mm, mm. um and this is sort of i guess a ranking in of itself because it, you know if if someone was choosing not to drink uh, an alcoholic beer which we obviously commend and applaud and there have been times where i have done that i would probably choose this over anything else you know if you if you offered me have three of those or you can take a punt on the zero alcohol heineken or whatever i'd probably choose this safe bet is fine but i haven't loved it and so figuring out how to score it is gonna be hard i would probably choose this over over some of the more boring beer, not the boring beers, the ones that I just haven't liked the flavor of. Because I would say this is not, it's inoffensive as as beers go. So I'm thinking probably, probably low sevens. I think I'll give it a seven one. Um, definitely okay. in the sort of bottom quadrant of the scoring. I think, mm. you know, take that with a grain of salt. Um, because you know it's going to serve a purpose that other other beers will will not. Um, seven one, a, a valuable experiment, slightly underwhelmed. How about your your weird taste in Deep Creek IPA? Yeah, it's been it's been weird. Uh, like I said, I go take a sip, and the first initial notes, yeah, this is really nice, and then as soon as I I swallow it, it's like no. I don't like the aftertaste of this thing. Um, and it feels like it's trying to be a hazy, but it's not. I mean, I guess it's such a blurred line now with hazies and non-hazies and, you know, what constitutes it as a hazy. Mm. Obviously, the process of making the beer constitutes it as a hazy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard one to pinpoint where I want to score this because it's not terrible. It's just... It's just, you know, if it was a full mark, half of the mark is full and then the other half is not doing what it... It's underperforming, I guess. Um, So I'm just... Oh, sorry. 
looking back at my other ones that I've scored, you know, I had a, I've had an Ultra IPA um, Garage Projects Boss Level in 8.4. Um, the Epic Armageddon was um, uh, IPA, I gave a 7.7. <sighs> think about think think yeah about. i kind of it, it's i feel like it should be in that uh seven point mm, yeah oh interesting yeah i'm gonna give it a 7.4 it's interesting i say that because i've also given deep creeks uh brutiful haze which was a new england ipa a 7.4 as well mm, okay um, there's something there yeah yeah so like it's yeah it's really not terrible but it's just not in my you know my high higher ranked lovers that i've yeah. had no you're probably unlikely to to purchase it again i would say with uh, the volume of other other beers on on display and on yeah. show yeah well, that's okay, you know. We've done 62. They weren't all going to be 10s, as we always say. True. Um, I always find it interesting when we're one week we both get something that's sort of underwhelming and then one week we both get something that's sort of really, really gets us excited gets us and invigorated. But, you know, it is a Wednesday. I don't know about you, but it's very... It's just started raining while we've, while we've been recording. Oh. So, you know, sometimes the vibes are a little bit different. Um, yeah. But excited to be back, back into the sort of the, the regular scheduled programming, uh, as it were. And um, yeah, thank I guess, thank you for the week. Thank you for the good chats, the catch up. Um, anything to say before we get out of here? Got a flight uh, to catch. Uh, yeah, just going okay, to go, leave <laughs> now. Bye. Arms um, in Wellington and is going to give me a ride <laughs> to the airport. And oh, how nice. she does so this? Good. Oh, this is so nice of her. Uh, no, just yeah. Thank you. Uh, once again, happy to accommodate with us recording on Wednesdays going forward. It's going to be fun and exciting and, and new for us. Not that crazy. Pod. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks for the chat. Uh, thanks for the beer. Um, I like having an owl for a pet. A very Hogwarts of you. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we will have many more discussions about Spider-Man. It will not end there. Yes, it will not end there. To be continued. <laughs> Listen to the the post credit audio bite. We could put that in. Actually, True. I'll leave it up to you to edit. Now yeah. people will think it won't be in. Oh, Maybe it will be. Hey, listen Maybe. all the way to the end. <laughs> all that is left to be said from Matt and myself on this sixth of April, twenty twenty two. So we will see you next time. Peace. I'll be Hesitating with my feet stuck in the ground.